The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. I'm going to check that one out, actually. Uh, removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. I know that's true. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. I don't think that's going to work in my car, but maybe. Uh, all of those things are weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid, so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with TrueCar certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some of these features are not available in all states. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to Starving for Attention. I'm Richard Blaze. Jasmine Blaze is right here next to me. Hi. Heather is behind the glass. I still love saying that. We're in the walk-in, yeah. which is something we've, I've stopped saying. Yeah, you but did. I just love, like, because I love this imagery of, like, that we're in the, right. a place in the kitchen where, again, cooks sort of go in and they yeah. gossip and they talk smack yeah. about each yeah. other. Free space, um, yeah. It's one of the things that I loved from the beginning. We haven't been saying a lot. But we're back in the walk-in here in Los Angeles. Amanda Cohen from Dirt Candy is here today. Yeah. I am, like, I am excited. Me too. Uh, she, like a, a dirt candy has been on my list to go to in New York for, like, literally probably burn, 10 years. Burn, burn. This is you telling me that I have not taken you there it, to it dinner It is. Yet. Well, because, like, you don't like to get on the subway. Like, there's not, lots of, we don't what? stay down, you know, in downtown too often. There's lots of, lots of, you, lots of things, but, you know. You, you paint you, a very unflattering image of me. You make me go to that food me. hall over and over again. Like. <laughs> I, I am a creature of habit. I like I routine, but we do I'm need not. to get over to dirt yeah. candy, especially yeah. now because you're mostly vegetarian. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be an amazing episode. It was a little stressful getting here today just because it usually is. The drive is usually crazy. It just but, doesn't matter. We just need to leave in the middle of the night. But I want to share my story. Speaking of leaving in the middle of the night. I'm just coming back from uh, Palm Springs, specifically Indian Wells, where I did an event called Taste of Tennis. Um, and I'm driving over there. So if you're unfamiliar, Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, it's very close to Los Angeles and San Diego. You basically have to just drive over uh, the San Jacinto or whatever it is, a mountain range, right? Mm, right? So there's like this corkscrewy, tough mountain to drive over. You can go around it, but it takes forever. Yeah. And I did this, and I was driving over it, and, I'm, and I'm, I thought I was driving really well. I was following the speed limit on these mountain roads where there's only like two little skinny lanes. Right. And when I got off the mountain, it's about a 20-mile you know, corkscrew drive, this car started following me. And then another car pulled up on the side of me, and I was thought I was lane? getting- Two-lane highway? One lane, like one, there was some one lane How'd on each way. How they pull up beside you then? No, when we got off the mountain, so I'm done now. I'm off okay. the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Now we're in a flat area. Like yep. now we're in the Coachella Valley, and it's like we're on a real road. Okay. And then I noticed that cars were creeping up on me. Uh-huh. Like one was on the side of me, and one was behind me, and I was like, oh wow! I thought I was going to get carjacked, oh. or I thought I, like like someone was definitely following me. I don't know if you've ever had that sort of experience. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Because you're like, what am I going to do? Like I, I had my phone out. I'm ready to call nine one one. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm speeding up. I have a 
pretty fast car. This person's staying with me. I get to the light. Right. And the person then who's behind me jumps out of the car. And now I have, I'm ready uh, to call you, by the way, which I don't know if that why was Why would like, you call me? I don't know. To be what like, am I going to do? So you could at least witness like me That's getting pulled out of the car or something or call for help. You call the police. Right. So I should have had 911 dialed up. And like this person comes up to my window and knocks on my you window. You would totally call me. You do that on the airplane, too, when you're on the plane. You're like, and I think really, I'm tough, really tough turbulence. Right. Because <laughs> I, I want my last message. Like, if I'm going to go down on an airplane. You want your last message to me to be really bad turbulence? No. I want, I'm That's prepping what you. I'm, what I'm doing there is I'm prepping you for what will be the last text message. That is, I, <sighs> I love you. Tell the kids I love them. Like, I think a lot of people, if you're it's listening dark. to this and you're on a plane and you get some rocky turbulence, I bet you a lot of people do that. Start sending that text message. That's crazy. Um, anyway, go ahead. So you're at this, the light. This somebody person, gets out. Someone gets out, knocks on my window. It's a big now deal. I'm like, this is a big deal. It's this aggressive. Is, this is an aggressive confrontation now. Yeah. Roll down the window. This person is like, hey, it's really rude to drive behind someone with your brights on. And I was like, who did that? <laughs> Were you driving behind someone with your no, brights on? No. She was like, I was. <laughs> because Stop. you didn't let me pass you on the mountain. And it was someone's mom for sure, <laughs> which, which the story gets a little less like scary because it's not like a giant man. Because it's someone's mom who definitely probably has exp- you know has done some meth before for sure. Mm-hmm. Like this is still like an unstable person yeah. that jumped out of their car. Right, of course. So I just said I'm new to town. <laughs> I don't old, know why I just the went old John Mulaney defense. I just yeah. went to the John Mulaney defense. Like I'm sorry, I'm new to town. Like I and because truly <laughs> I'm like I don't. Like I thought, I know how mountains work. I know you lived in Colorado. Yeah. I know you're gonna say I'm a very conservative driver. Beyond. But like, if the turn said 25, I was going like 30. If the yeah, turn said 35, I was going 40. It's not your job to police how other people want to drive. But on but a I'm mountain, not telling anyone else on a mountain drive, road, right? You should give way to people. I usually would. It was you, the it was the darkness of true. the night. But there's pullouts. It that's was the why darkness they, that's of the they, night, and there weren't pull-outs. many pullouts. And on this specific mountain, it's kind of even dangerous to like just pull off real quick. So anyway, sure. I thought I was doing fine. This person then was like, "I said I'm new to town," and then they said, "I swear to God, I didn't tell you this part." Then they're like, "I love you," and then they left and sp- almost got hit by a car. And then, <laughs> why did they say this is I, a true story. Heather is amazed right now. I love you. I don't know if she re- at that moment recognized me, or then was like a, in a weird way apologizing for being like ultra aggressive, and then jumped in a car, almost got hit by a car, jumping back in her car, right. sped off, almost hit two other cars, and I was like, it took me. I remember I called you then, yep. and it took me like two hours to decompress off of this. Yeah, of course. That's you know. That moment of like almost getting in an accident is scary. And super you had aggressive. More than that, yeah. Super, super aggressive. Plus like – So yeah. Yeah. listen, if your mom lives in the Palm Springs, the greater Palm Springs what area – What kind of car was it? And she says she ran into me at a stop it, it sign. It wasn't a nice running into it, Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a meet and greet at the tennis event. Right. Uh, I was shook. That's scary. I but, was shook. you know, there are things you can do. What do you mean? Well, like, you know. You're blaming me for this. N- you know, it's it just, you, you got to give way. <laughs> it's like, so tethered it's, now, it's, by it's the like, way. I love it, how it's kind of. You're the, I, just so like we can yeah. inform our listeners. You're the kind of person that drives in the left lane and you're like, I'm going 80. In the left lane, I'm going 80. But, so like, But you get over, even if there's someone going 85, you, you get out of their way. Like that's the law okay. of the road. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I okay. see like I'm, lo- see, I'm look, looking Heather's at Heather looking right at now and disgust. I'm not, she's, she's, Heather's I think been behind she's, you. She, the- she doesn't want to really weigh in here, but I can tell. Heather, we need to know. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on, on this situation? Well, I'm glad you guys got here safe. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> we have a lot of ads today. That's we can't true. miss those. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> so anyway, so that's good. I'm, uh, I'm glad you survived it. Uh, I'm glad I survived too. But I just wanted to share that. I think we don't, uh, you know, we, we talk about like, you know, that, that's something that doesn't happen every day. I'm no. glad. No. Uh, but it, it, it shook me up a but little bit. But we do get stuck in LA traffic every we do, day. Yeah. It just I mean, is, it's impossible. The, the natural segue here is yeah. we're pretty much we're road here. raging ourselves every so time the, we're coming to the studio. It's the last 30 minutes. It's um, maybe last 20. For take, you, it's like the last hour and a half. But for me, it's like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And it, I, even even if you take Fountain, it doesn't matter. Is it take Fountain? I think that's the, the, the big... How do you make big, it in Hollywood or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Anyways. Um, but anyway, um, we're safe. That's what's good. Amanda Cohen's in here. It's going to be amazing. Uh, really... The pioneer, the queen bee, if you will, maverick. of maverick man, vegetable cookery. Yeah, well before it was a, it was like a thing that kids were doing and only buying from the farm. Like uh, Amanda Cohen was doing it at a restaurant called Dirt Candy, coolest name in the world or weirdest name in the world for a restaurant. Let us know. Weigh in. Go to Starving for Pod. Yeah. We'll throw it up on the polls. We'll throw it up on the polls. Uh, but I'm super excited. She's in town. She's a, a New York chef. She's Canadian. Uh, and we're actually cooking a dinner tonight. Uh, remember the joy and spirit of Peter Pan, Jasmine? I, I know you do. Yeah, Well, listen, there's a place where you don't have to grow up even though the world tells you to. And that place is Walt Disney World. It's tough being an adult. Jasmine and I know this. But at Walt Disney World, you can put the adulting on pause and let the everyday stresses of life disappear. There's so much cool stuff you can do at Walt Disney World after hours, including a crawl of some of the best in-park drinking options. If the world tells you to grow up at Disney World, you don't have to. I've um, had some uh, experiences at Disney World as an adult prior to uh, our relationship, Jasmine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A girl that I dated, we, we went to Disney World. Um, we went to like the Polynesian Luau, probably had a few tropical drinks. And the fire eater asked my girlfriend at the time to come on stage and dance. Yeah. And I was super insecure, like 20-something. Yeah. And so you just marched off? And I was like, I, I thought she did something to like, you know, like well, wink down. That's part of the show. No, but I thought she was like, hey, fire eater, come dance with me. But Disney is a fun place, like for adults. It is. The last time we were there, um, what I loved about it. We ran around like crazy people. We ran around like crazy people. Yeah. At 11, like... like it was because we were on West Coast time. We were on West Coast time. Yeah. It stays up late. Um, you can eat and drink, you know, uh, and get some really f- great food and beverage experiences. Remember that time we were there and they were open uh, all night? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like, Walt Disney World does these things where yeah. every couple of days a that year... for the adults. It's just for, for adults. Yeah. Um, but they, they stay open to like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. Look, Heather's getting really excited. I can see she's like really pumped up about it. Um, WDW's perfect escape for millennials. There's an entirely new way to experience it as an adult without kids, from cool drinking options to the excitement of after-hour events. You can find your happy place here. And the dining options... They're ridiculous. If you're in the mood for a taste of the old country, Il Molino serves up traditional Italian cooking in this lively trattoria based on one of the best restaurants in New York. It's a really good place, actually. Enjoy rich flavors from traditional antipasti to hearty pastas and homemade pizzas. My stomach just started rumbling, Jasmine. There are so many cool attractions and characters that bring your childhood to life and new experiences that you can appreciate as an adult. Relive the nostalgia of Disney or create some new memories. Let's go, like right after this. Yeah. Uh, here she comes, Amanda Cohen from Dirt Candy. What is that? Why? What? It's Kirsten just told me. Well, we're going to do an episode about that. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a first. Our next guest canceled. Our so next guest canceled we're on like, us. But it's so good. we're going to do an episode about well, him canceling us. we can us. do an open. And his game was really good. That's all right. We're, we'll do a whole episode. We're doing, guess what? Double Amanda Cohen. <laughs> Amanda, you're going to take two hours. <laughs> <laughs> there are podcasts that are, are you a podcaster? 
<laughs> are we are we good? Awesome. You you. So what are your what are some of your favorite? Uh, Podcast? Yeah, it's you get embarrassed. I mean, I would embarrass myself if I told you my favorite podcast. Uh, well, I just finished uh, Slow Burn, which oh. was about uh, sort of like Watergate, actually, off of Slate. Off of uh, Slate. Okay, it was really good. So heavy. So then, uh, just off of that <laughs> deck. So heavy political stuff. Yeah, no. I don't have fun podcasts. It's no, true. that's no, no, no. Those no. are the, those are the. So that's I like, I, yeah, I a like Jasmine, the historical Jasmine Speed ones. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of hard to. I mean, it, it, it's good to it's. It's weird to have a political escape right. in this moment. Like it's you know to like oh that this is this yeah. is something that to happened. listen to something that's <laughs> crazy. The happy that news. I should maybe research Watergate a little bit. It right? actually like, makes it. I think it seem a lot less crazy now to listen to Watergate. Yeah, news, it's amazing. Right? That, have you heard that podcast? I haven't. I've heard of it, but I haven't it's, listened to uh, it. The sort of the comparisons between now and then are amazing, and all the stuff that I mean, I'm Canadian, so I know about Watergate, but not like it wasn't part of my like history, right? Maybe, like what we learned in school. Uh, and sort of all these details that I didn't know about are fascinating. Like I was like, wow, that was just a crazy time in history. And then you're like, wow, how are people going to look back on this time? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know enough about Watergate. Not to get, not to stick, to make this a super well, heavy podcast. It, it was interesting when you said that. I, I kind of don't feel like it, it's pretty glossed over in um, in U.S. history in the ninth grade or tenth grade. Yeah, year, and, so. I, and also yeah. what I do know about it, it's, it seems like it wasn't really that big of a deal, right? Considering like kind of the moment we're in now. I guess that's yeah, what we're but saying. That's also what they were talking about. How it wasn't. I mean, it was a big deal. It was sort of always sure, on the nightly sure. news, but actually, it wasn't. And people didn't think it was a big deal until one day they were like, "Oh shit, it's a big deal." But it took a really long time, which is this huge difference between now and then, where everything is such a big deal. And I, I feel like um, these people who are talking about it, the commentators, they're like, "Yeah, I think people are like sort of doubling down because they're afraid they're going to get back into that same situation where they're ignoring these small signs." Exactly. I love. I um. That, that's sort of what got us onto podcasts in the first place. Um, yeah. That got us interested in podcasts. I think was like these, like you know, the storytelling, yeah. the slow pace of podcasts, um, and that's exactly the opposite of what starving for attention is. Amanda Cohen, <laughs> uh, this is super super light. We're just gonna kick it and have fun. Welcome to L.A. Oh, thank you. Um, no, so are you moving to L.A.? Never. I actually. <laughs> Is that just based on this morning's traffic? <laughs> uh, this morning's traffic, and I also lived here for a year, about twenty okay. years ago, and, right. and that was enough for me. So, see, that I did not know, but I, <laughs> and I and I, I joke about you moving to LA. One, we would love to have you, um, but really because it seems like there is a New York exodus, if you will, yeah, of big name chefs, just like not only just like opening up an outpost, but like kind of like moving here. Moving I, know. Here. Yeah. I know we're losing everybody. That's good. Less competition for me in New York. <laughs> I was going to say, first said. of all, I love your, we're very similar because I said on the drive up here, we were going to talk about that. And I was like, I'm just going to move back to, I'm going to go to New York. There's perfect time. time yeah. There's enough of the talent is leaving. It's a perfect opportunity exactly. for Richard Blaze uh, to jump in. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You're here um, for many things probably, but you're doing the all-star vegetable class classic tonight. Yes. Um, and one of the things I, I, I love about your work, besides that it's amazing, is like your voice. And even like in your last Instagram post, um, you were like, <laughs> I'm cooking this vegetable dinner. Who will win? <laughs> and I was like, it's a competition. I didn't know it was a competition. You like... I got scared. I think it's always a competition. Oh my gosh. Is that... Is, are really? Are you super competitive or is that no, just... No, not okay. at all. But so, yeah. I mean, if 
it were to be a competition, I want to win. Yes, of Just course. But yeah. I am going to win. Just right. to be clear, though, it's not a competition tonight, <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. I would get destroyed. It's a yeah. vegetable dinner. You're a, a vegetable expert. And then it's like Voltaggio <laughs> and Wiley and all and these, be making all these modernists. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought maybe that you were sort of commenting on the fact that like a lot of the chefs cooking tonight are like these game show contestants. I'm making fun of myself <laughs> yeah, a little totally. bit. Yeah, totally. I'm not. I'm oh, <laughs> you aren't. No, that was really nice. Ultra, ultra competitive. <laughs> Um, so I want to get right into it. So Dirt Candy, amazing. Your your uh, trajectory of success has been outstanding. You, you were doing the vegetable thing well before all the cool kids now were doing the vegetable thing. Totally. I was the loser doing it. And like still I'm the loser <laughs> doing it. No, now all these so. like hip people are like, hey, look at me with my vegetable forward menus. Yeah. I, I love that. Vegetable forward, <laughs> uh, vegetable focused. Um, and, but you would do, how, how, when did Dirt Candy open? 10 years ago, actually. So, so, so 10 years. 10 years. October 29th, 2008 was the day we opened. Um, and yeah, we we used to be really tiny, right? I was an 18-seat restaurant right. for about six years. Now, it was never called Little Dirt Candy, but no. I see that you refer to it as <laughs> Little Dirt Candy, which I really like because um, I'm a big hip-hop fan, so <laughs> no. I feel like it's got like, yeah, a, right? like, a, like a Little Dirt Candy could also be <laughs> like, like your MC little, name. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, mine's Creme Fresh, just so oh, you know. That's good. So like we, Little Dirt Candy and Creme Fresh could, could cut, <laughs> totally. a, could cut an album. Cut an album. At least a feature. Yeah. I think that'll work. And we'll I get, have like, totally no rhythm, but I'm in. That's all right. We'll get Wiley to play some like acoustic guitar and we'll drop some beats beats tonight um but i think that's kind of like really uh, it, it, it is insane to me that like vegetables are su- such a thing right now they've always been important they're, i mean they're sort of are and they sort of aren't Ooh. so uh you know i think in magazines and in our very elite world that we live in they're a thing mm-hmm. uh, but in the real world they're still totally not oh so so break this down to me are you saying that the the average person still does not respect the vegetable? The average person, unfortunately, still does not eat the vegetable. see the vegetable, right? Uh, if you look at the USDA statistics, you know, the, stu- the two most popular vegetables are still potatoes and tomato, and that's in ketchup and french fries, or pizza sauce. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I love <laughs> ketchup yeah. and french fries. No, delicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Dan Cutforth was in here last, and I think he said the same thing, right? He's like, his embarrassing thing was that he doesn't no, he eat vegetables. Wanted to get, yeah, he, yeah, he wanted to get rid of them. Right. <laughs> like, um, which is like such a strange thing. sort of sad but, for all yeah, the farmers right. out there. Yeah, exactly. So when you opened Dirk Candy, was there sort of a bigger, like, were you trying to, con- were you trying to persuade people or just you love eating and cooking vegetables? Uh, yeah, I have no bigger picture. I'm pretty shallow. So. <laughs> but you're Canadian, so that's not true, first no, I'm of all. socially aware, but right, totally okay, shallow. Um, the, you know, there's no sort of like politics. There's no ethos of like politics or morality or like environment or health behind the restaurant. I just, I don't like meat. There's nothing wrong with other people eating meat. I right. just actually do not like the taste of meat. I never liked it, really. Oh. Uh, so I was always going to sort of cook more vegetarian or vegetables. And when we opened Dirt Candy, we did decide to focus on vegetables. And that was – it was sort of this – revelatory moment because we really I looked around and I was like oh look there's thousands of steak restaurants and thousands of chicken restaurants and look at all those like fish shacks and not a single restaurant is actually about vegetables right but one of the things I love too about um, 
your work is that you don't necessarily play the vegetables subbing in for meat. Like you didn't open up a vegetable house like no. and say we're going to do dry aged <laughs> carrots and like it might be something you do, but the focus wasn't to replace meat. It was to celebrate. It was to celebrate vegetables. Yeah, I mean, I want to have fun with vegetables, and there is so much that you can do it. And it, it, it's sort of nice because it took us out of the competition because nobody really was doing what we were doing. So I could do whatever I wanted, which seems crazy. 2000, I feel like 2008, and you were pretty much the first yeah. restaurant in New York to be vegetable-focused, right? I, I think anywhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, there you go. First pi- pioneer, but also like chef-driven for sure, right? Because right. at that point, yeah. there might be like a little hippie tofu house or <laughs> yeah. granary. But that's different. Ooh. That's a vegetarian restaurant. True. So that, yeah, yeah. that's how we really were able to separate ourselves is we weren't a vegetarian restaurant. We were a vegetable restaurant. Right. That that's just uh, outstanding. Um, you're almost a vegetarian, Jasmine. Well, yeah, I, I, I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Again, I mean, not, not that it's vegetarian. I, We're not talking vegetarian. I've been vacillating so often between like vegan and vegetarian that I, w- I had a hard time uh, answering that for a minute. But yeah, I'm. I'm I keep I, kind of similarly. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of meat. Like I just, eh, I'll eat fish. Was I it a fish. thing? Was it a moment that happened, Amanda? That like that when you don't like the taste, like you, like was it a childhood like bad yeah. experience? Did you like have a, to sit at a table and finish a steak with a well done steak? I had to do that with corn. I did. Too. And peas, frozen with, corn and peas. Oh, a, I love frozen corn and peas. First to, of all, two of the best frozen vegetables, like yeah. maybe the best frozen yeah, vegetables. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I had to do that with a, a, a like, fro- like a, not frozen, a chipped salmon, like chopped salmon sandwich. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, chip. So like, were you in? Were you in? Were you in London? <laughs> no, I was at. Florida. Um, mine was this. Mine was. Um, I remember this is. I'm going to make myself uh, seem older than I actually am. But I was eating dinner with a black and white television in our kitchen because <laughs> my parents were like that, and I, it was frozen corn and peas, and I wouldn't eat them. And my my dad was like, "You have to eat these." You have to finish your vegetables. And there was this like PBS show on insects that was on. (laughs) And so I sat there and I was like, really, this was my moment to like stand up to my dad. I was like, I'm not eating these vegetables in my head. Right. Yeah. And he made me sit there for like an hour. You know, I like my mom eventually came away and like shoved them (laughs) off my plate and like saved me. But the whole time I'm contemplating eating this corn and peas, I'm watching like insect larvae crawl around. (laughs) And like, I think the association of the two. That's why you don't like insects. That's maybe. I just ate insects. Have you? Where are you on the um, bugs or protein of the future uh, trend? I mean, I hope it's not true, but I've eaten <laughs> bugs. So that's a Will, that's the w- willingly. Want- Have you eaten bugs like as like um like to just for flavor enhancer or? <laughs> Um, yeah, I have some in my bag. Yeah, yeah. I put it a little, just a little I just, snack. Uh, I just grind up a little uh, uh, no, I've, ant larvae. I've had the uh, larvae in Mexico, and I've, I've been around the block. We've all did stuff. it. I did. So we do um, a game on this show called Scarf or Barf that uh, luckily you're not going to have to play with us. But we usually don't make people eat. But I just did it on a television show, and they actually physically brought the things out. Yeah. And one of them was just crickets. <coughs> just crickets. Not a big deal, yeah. but it still freaks me out. Like they have eyes and stuff, and Little like I legs. know, and I know cows and pigs do as well. Um, but they're not usually looking looking at you. But you like, also don't put the, the whole, whole thing, thing in your mouth, right? Yeah, and you're right. not like, oh, it's look, cow. Thing. I'm going to put the whole thing in my mouth at once. That's true. I also really love. I'm sorry, I just you just said mouth like a Canadian, and that was just an awesome moment for me. <laughs> we, we love that, and we've had so many accents on the show recently. That's true. Jasmine. We have. Huh. Um, so you do this, but the vegetable thing was not for you. It was not a a business ploy, right? You said there was an open space in the market. Yeah. Were there other like, hey, we might do a seafood place or, or a meat-centric place? And then- no, I just didn't think – I mean, my my skill was in the vegetarian world and in vegetables, so it made a lot more sense to do that. And it was – 
I mean, a part of it was a business uh, plan because we knew there was a market. And the, because the first restaurant was so small, you know, I was like, oh, if only 18 people come in a night, it's fine. I can fail with vegetables at 18 right. people. I think I can get 18 people to come yeah. in here. Um, so now, so, is so it- you never had that point um, in the little dirt candy part uh, where... Little dirt candy. You thought you'd have to <laughs> shift it. You thought you'd have to change, you know, and add meat or add something, you know. Not in the little dirt candy. In the bigger dirt candy, we've, we've struggled a little trying to figure out in this bigger size, even though we're not even that much bigger. We're only 50 seats. And I look at restaurants in other cities. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how are you 100 and 200 seats? Um, where we're still trying to figure out our position a little bit sometimes. But I don't think we ever would add meat. It's also such a like a headache. Like, yeah. We're so lazy in the restaurant. We yeah. don't have to have the different cutting boards and <laughs> walking so easy. Oh, and so, although, yeah. well, that's really interesting thinking about that. I mean, again, as a as a chef now who features many vegetable forward <laughs> dishes and lives in California, um, there's so there's a cost. There's a good good cost. Like vegetables cost less than meat. They do. However, I feel like there's a lot more labor involved in so vegetable much cookery. More. I can't. Let's say. People don't get it. They do not. They don't. Understand. So let's break that down because again, most of our audience is probably people who love food television shows, and then like younger cooks who right. are just getting breaking into the game, uh, like peeling a case of carrots. <laughs> well, it's easy. Like I think about it this way, or I, one of my cooks went off and went to work in a regular restaurant, and then they came back and they were like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I finally understand why it took so much labor. Like we have a carrot confit, and he was like, you know, I would make duck confit at this other restaurant, and basically I put some ducks in a pan and put it in the oven, right? And that was it. And yeah. the ducks would come, sort of already cleaned, and there you go. And it's like, when we make the carrot confit, Jesus, we have to peel them and cut them, and we juice the carrots, and it right. takes forever. And the labor is so much more. I think my, like, I have twice as many people in my kitchen as normal kitchens do. I, I, I wow. get it. There's a lot of labor on the veg because there's a lot of smaller things, yeah, a lot of enough. knife work. There's also even just this simple fact of, like, cleaning vegetables cleaning and washing them. them. And, like, um, now, do you find, this is totally off the cuff here, but I'm just inspired. I... A lot. Does a lot of inspiration come from the uh, labor part of it? Like, oh, there's the seed and a leaf and uh, s- seed to stem, stalk to stem. Or look at that. Okay, hold on. Yeah, are you, are you not into these 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 catchy phrases? No, uh, no. but I think they're they're totally good. Like zero food waste. That's an awesome concept. Right. Um, I always look at our garbage and I'm like. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Dropping yeah. the F bomb on Star. That's good. Yeah. That's that's the type of place it is. Um, um, so more for the uh, um, is Disney doing this ad? Heather, by the way, is it? Um, are we okay? Um, so the inspiration sometimes can come from the garbage can, but it comes from a financial. Well, financial. We do always try to figure out how we can use as many parts as possible. But I'm like those people who have no zero food waste. I'm like, wow, you are, are they, amazing. Do yeah. they do they exist? You know who doesn't have zero. Restaurants, restaurants can do it. Food? I mean, my chef at Juniper and Ivy does a really good job. I mean, getting close. I mean, again, you're talking about stems and stuff. Like, there's stuff you don't want to eat. You, that's, yeah. that's why it's called the outside. There <laughs> is. Know? There is. Like, I, ha- I had this one vision. I'm, someone's probably doing it right now and probably doing it really well. And maybe you've done it. I don't know. Where I was obsessed with avocado skins. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to, you know, char up some avocado skins. And, like, we've made banana peel ice cream that's really delicious. Um, but some of it can get silly, I feel like yeah. right? I feel I feel like, uh, silly if you're the modernist chef 
trying to find the new, like, cool thing. Well, and I also think that, you know, some of it is supposed to go. We are supposed to make garbage. That's how the world works. Right, you right. Know? Like, True. the peels are yeah. there for a reason to put back in the ground. And, oh, and the yes. I was going to say for yeah. people to the, slip the, on, the too. Like, for villains to slip on. <laughs> yes, well, obviously. Yes. But I have a lot of those in my restaurant. So we just actually put the banana peels out everywhere. Yeah. So then uh, <laughs> your, what are your thoughts on, the, on just the farm to table? Just the uh, generality of it. I, that's a great <laughs> concept. Uh, it's really hard to execute. Uh, it takes a lot of money. And in certain regions, it's almost impossible, like New York City, where you can do it in the summer. But, you know, New York isn't this huge agricultural, like, uh, center. center. And it, it, it doesn't always work. And you get so boxed in. And that became such a key word for so long. And people be like, so you're not farm to table? What farms are you working with? And I'd be like, <laughs> lady, I just get carrots. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I get carrots. And they're, yeah, they're from different farms. Like, I, yeah. I, at, at some point, everything's Every, at a farm. It's like, you know, I was like, you know, yeah, well, just like everybody else in the city, no matter what, my food comes off a truck in a box. Everybody's food in New York City comes off a truck in a box. It just right. depends where it comes right. from. And that truck might have been at Union Square. Yeah. That truck was might have been upstate New York. And that truck might have, I don't you know, been in Michigan or California or Florida. Who knows, right? And, um, and it's also expensive. And so one of the things that we do have to make a decision about in the restaurant is the the cost. And it, we really are labor intensive. And we don't use, uh, we do use organic when we can, especially like a lot of our dairy. But if I had all organic vegetables, I'd be five times as expensive as I am now. And I would have less customers. I yeah. ap- right. appreciate your candor on that. You know, well, we do a horrible job of food waste at home. <laughs> Our really? fridge. So I don't know. I'm not looking to you because it's your fault. Yeah. It's my fault. <laughs> I don't. I'm the cook. In, uh, I don't know. In the family, perhaps. Or you're, you're a great cook. I mean, you know, you're, we 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 keep worms, so that helps. That's true. See, so. she's very. Jasmine is very crunchy. So we have a worm. Uh, your Sometimes. holiday gift, your Christmas gift last year. Yeah. One of them was a big worm worm farm center. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we do feed 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 worms and stuff yeah. like that. But it's I mean, hard. It's hard. It's hard. And especially yeah. when you're buying like this is something for the person who's at home and they go to the farmers market, like that food. Um. It is Goes more perishable, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. Oh. I think that's like the first time you're like, oh, I bought an organic carrot. Yeah. Why is it floppy is it, three like, days why later? Why does it bend now? <laughs> uh, I, but I guess you can find inspiration. No, from that there. happened to me the other day when I bought snow peas at the at the farmers market. I was like, these are so beautiful and they were great. And I tried one there and it was crunchy and delicious. I took it home, I put it in the fridge, I ate it like two hours later, and it was like soft, kind of crazy. Like, like yeah. so, super delicious, more expensive, and then um, uh, more perishability. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a really really tough game. So you say we a lot, like I do. So the royal we. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there uh, there is there the team Amanda Cohen who 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 is that oh, um I feel like it's like an army <laughs> just get me out of so bu- in the morning. B- business partners or, I mean no, I'm actually the only uh person who owns any part of the restaurant wow great um, congratulations yeah that's awesome I, the, I, I guess I, yeah, well, I, get, well yeah. I guess that's there's, a thing. There's, a, there's an the, up and a down. The, uh, the grass is always greener. Suspect. Yeah. Like as someone who owns very little of all of the things that I do, I'm always kind of enamored by that. But I guess the headaches that come with it are also incredible. Yeah, I mean, every day I wake up I'm, like terrified. This is our last day, and I have a staff at thirty that I. Have oh my to, god! I know. Wait, horrible? do you still yeah. wake up like that ten years yeah. Pl- later? Yeah, ten years later, it's worse. I'm ten years old. I'm not the new kid on the block anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you're a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity now. <laughs> But you did just get um, a James Beard nom, right? I did. Didn't I see that? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely Aaron. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, so for for this year, for best chef, New York City. Uh, yes, I had to think wow. about that for yeah. a second. Like it was a different city. Yes. <laughs> right. By the way, that's like 
that's baller stuff right there. <laughs> I mean, best chef New York City. If no offense to the rest of the country, because I travel throughout the country and I love all of you, all of these chefs who get these noms. It's incredibly hard, and I'm also incredibly jealous. I only have one James Beard nom, and it's as an author. Um, but New York City. Or California, uh, <laughs> maybe you could throw Chicago in there. Those are big markets to get a James Beard nom. You know, it, I'm not saying it's easier to get one in another part of the country, <laughs> but Amanda does think it's a little easier so in Michigan. <laughs> I don't know why I call it Michigan. The Midwest. But congratulations on that. That's amazing. Uh, thank you. Um, so now, are you going to be? This is. I'm, I'm curious. Um, if you win, like you're going to have a prepared speech, or. Uh, I, no, I don't know. I, don't, I hope I get to present an award to you. Oh, that'd be so exciting. That'd be amazing. I, um, I don't actually think I'm going to make it to the next round. Oh. I know. So are you, is that an eternal pessimistic thing of you? Is that, you're, have you become too much of a New Yorker? <laughs> are you British? Um, no, but I am Canadian, so I right. will say sorry a lot yeah. for okay. everything. Yeah, well, I do that as well. Um, I don't know. The competition's really, like, great. And I just, I, I don't, can't even imagine having a speech prepared. I'm actually not even sure I'm in town for the awards. So I, I don't know anything. I was surprised. That's all right. If you also, if you're not in town and then you win, oh, I think cool. that's yeah. when you're just like, that's cool, yeah, right? Like, cool. When, you, like yeah. when you're like a big actor and you don't show up to the right? Oscars yeah. and you're like, oh, Meryl Streep, you've won again. Yeah. But she's usually there. Yeah. This is kind of awesome. Uh, new pod uh, sponsor, Nectar Sleep. Yeah. That's an amazing name. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can get the bed mattress that you dream about. Did, I, didn't, like, I'm, I might need that. I didn't have a really great night's sleep mm-hmm. last night. Uh, they're America's most comfortable mattress for a cloud-like experience. Do you, I just want to buy one right now. I, know. I just want to kind of go to sleep right now. Uh, Nectar believes in love at first night. So clever. Mm-hmm. However, for the cynics out there, they give you 365 nights to discover that happily ever after that's feeling. That's a year. That's, that is a full year. If you aren't 100% happy and riding into the sunset, we'll pick up the mattress for free and you'll get a full refund. The Nectar Sleep mattress is 11 inch deep and it utilizes a unique five layer technology that no other mattress on the market has. Uh, why does no other mattress compete? Because we don't like to share. We patent the most breathable, cooling, body-contouring, medical-grade, lush foam gel memory layer to bring you the most cloud-like comfort. Also, Nectar promises a forever warranty on your mattress. Uh, And yeah, they mean forever, everyone, as in death, do us part, and then some. Uh, wake up pain-free. The memory foam meets your body's contours and gives pressure point relief. Nectar's amazing to sleep on, and Nectar sleepers actually fall asleep 20% faster than people who sleep on other mattresses. Oh. They actually ran a study yeah, on this. Yeah, you do need this. Yeah. I definitely need this. Yeah. I've been trying. Like, I remember like two years ago when you uh, instituted the no phones in bed rule. Yeah. Now we need the no phones in bed sleeping on a Nectar mattress rule. Cool. 20% faster. Uh, Listen, and we have an exclusive listener offer for everyone out there listening to Starving for Attention. Buy now and get $125 off and two free premium pillows with any mattress order and free delivery. That's Nectarsleep.com slash starving and get the best sleep you've ever had for every night of the rest of your life and then some. That's hardcore. Hey guys, this is Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules, and I want to invite you to the party I'm throwing every week, my new podcast, Shenanigans. I'm going to be getting into some crazy conversations with friends like my first guest, Ariana Maddox. We're cranking it up to 11, playing games, telling juicy stories, and holding nothing back as we get into some Sheena-level nanigans. That's why it's called Shenanigans, duh. 
So download new episodes every Tuesday starting March 6th on the Podcast One app at podcastone.com. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. The name Dirt Candy. That's... Could be a polarizing name. Oh, it was voted the worst name of any restaurant for <laughs> really? like years. Oh, first yeah. of all, that's so wrong. I think <laughs> I coolest name. Wrong. I, yeah. I feel like restaurants should be named after, like, they should either sound like a rock band or a racehorse. Right. And I feel like Dirt Candy fits that. Yeah. yeah. But well, when you came up, how did, you, how did you even come up with the name? Uh, well, I am a we, I am married, and I was having a, a fight with my husband, and we were sort of down to the wire about what we were going to name the restaurant, and... Uh, we were sort of having like a screaming match on either side of the street. <laughs> nice. So you've become a New Yorker. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. Right? Yep. And, a New Yorker from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was like, well, what is like dirt candy? What is, what do vegetables mean to you? And I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to sound too hippie, but they're like, you know, candy from the earth. And he was like, well, why don't you just call it dirt candy? And I was on the other <laughs> side and we both like stopped. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. He was like, yeah, that's perfect. And then we nice. made it to the same side of the sidewalk. But we were going to call it, before I knew it was only going to be really about vegetables, I thought it might also be a fruit restaurant. So it would be like vegetables and fruit. And we were going to call it dirt candy and tree meat. Nice. Yeah, but um, everybody was like, that is the most disgusting name, you Tree would, Meat. Yeah, you would still be getting voted. But I really want to like open a restaurant called Tree, tree Meat. Yeah, I would say that if, if, it, if the Tree Meat was in there, oh I God. might agree with the worst name. I Although, would, totally, I like if it. we're using the band analogy, it works. Yeah. Now we're there. Yeah. Like Tree Meat alone, like a powerful one word name. Tree Meat. Uh, tree Meat. Yeah, I, like I think that yeah. works. Um, totally. Um, so it came out of a moment of passion. Dark Candy totally. was out of a, a, a moment of passion. Um, you just did something recently within the last year, right? Or just over a year where you changed the whole, basically, menu format? I did. We went from doing a la carte to tasting menu, basically, or set menu. Uh, were you doing both at the same time? Or we kind did of? have a tasting menu that was working alongside the a la carte yeah. for uh, the three years that we had been open as the bigger dirt candy. Right. Um, and it just got too much... Um, one, we couldn't do the tasting menu the way we wanted to do it. Right. But also, it's really hard when you're sort of doing small plates to get people to spend enough money. And I do run a vegetarian restaurant, and unfortunately, um, vegetarians, vegans tend maybe not to drink so much. Oh, wow. Look, totally. I've seen that's not something that I would really think yeah. about. you got to get on that kombucha tip. Yeah, the, I know, the, right? al- the high alcohol content <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have like a kombucha on. Do you have a kombucha on tap? I like, don't. I don't. I only have two taps and they're both beer. Right. And I'm never getting rid of my beer. beer. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, I mean, they tend to be a little bit younger or healthier. And yeah. so there's all kinds of reasons why they don't drink. And But we have to make up our check average. And it's also what we do is really labor intensive. And it's hard to explain to people why something's $20 when to them it's four bites. You're like, I know, yeah. but it took 20 people to make it. So <laughs> right. uh, we really felt that the way that we could give people the most value for their money was to go to all tasting menu. And it helped because we don't have tipping at the restaurant. Right. And Another moment where Amanda Cohen is an absolute <laughs> maverick and pioneer. Because you're, you, I feel like you also did that way ahead of a lot of people who got a lot of credit for that. I yes, although I have been given the credit for okay, it many okay, times. But yeah, um, when we we did it a couple of months before other people decided to do it. Now, what was uh, so? What was the reasoning behind that? Besides the fact that it's just uh, fair. <laughs> I mean, basically, it, it's fair. Right. Uh, but I wanted to pay my staff more, and I I didn't 
people don't kind of understand in restaurants, you can't just charge more or you can't just take away the non-existent profit margin and give it to your staff. You know, our profit margins are really, really slim in the restaurant. I want to pay my back of house more. We have a huge deficit of cooks in New York City right now. Right. It's impossible to find anybody. Time to go back. I know. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a job for you. There it is. You can peel carrots. I've I seen peel it. the shit out of carrots. <laughs> Great. Lead line cook. Hire. There you go. Um, and I... You know, so I, I was trying to really figure out a way I could pay my back of house more. And then I started doing all this research and the tipping system is awful and it doesn't make any sense. And I don't understand why we outsource basically our human resources department to our customers. Um, I don't understand why they love it so much. Customers were like, oh, but I really love tipping when they actually don't. You rarely change your tip. Good right. service, bad service. If you're a twenty percent tipper, eighteen percent tipper, yeah. it's actually what you are. Are you big? Are. are you in the stats a lot? Because one of, one of I'm, <laughs> I'm really in the numbers. Like I love yeah. sports, so like tipping is one of those things that like unless you take a deep dive into it. One of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics, will give yeah. me a shout out. Has done so many episodes on like the injustice of tipping and how it's like you're saying it's it's like such a corrupt it's so corrupt. system it's- that also creates people doing things that they don't even know they're doing tipping a certain person more money or, or less right. it, it, inside the restaurant it creates this freelance bounty hunter sort of mentality or it can uh, yeah. so that's a big that was a big move did you have anyone that left you because of it well, I had opened with it. We opened the bigger one right, with okay. it. So, so and we helps. closed down for six months. So I didn't have some, all my cooks had stayed with me and I actually only had one server at the little restaurant. Right. So she had already moved on anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a struggle sometimes finding staff and keeping them. But the people who, uh, what we've actually been able to find is a lot of people with experience who are tired of working for tips. So it's mm-hmm. worked to our advantage. We right. had like these highly experienced servers who were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm to- so tired of like the just game. hustling right. for the tips." Where do these Where do these big ideas hit you? Because you're again, you're. I wish I I, I follow trends more than I, I create them. <laughs> but like when you're like, I'm going to open up a veg- vegetable restaurant. I'm going to eliminate tipping. Are there like just do you sit down and like say I'm going to think through this right now? Or are you on the subway? You're running through the park and you're like that. That's where do the, the ideas come from? I think it's always I'm trying to make it better. I'm trying to make the restaurant better for my staff and for me and my life easier. I mean, it never works out that way. <laughs> but the big ideas really are, how do I solve this problem? Right. I, I think um, I come from a problem-solving family, and we're always like, okay, I don't have staff. The status quo isn't working. So how do we fix the status quo? That's Silicon. That's some Silicon Valley stuff right there, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, also, you, you had mentioned younger people and, uh, you know, maybe they're not drinking wine or uh, people who eat vegetables might not drink as much. Uh, they also wear sweatpants. One of my favorite oh. quotes from you. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> which I loved as I'm wearing, kind of wearing sweatpants right now, is um, you and your thing with getting dressed up for dinner and, yeah. and not really wanting people with sweatpants in the restaurant. I don't. I don't want to see like <laughs> yeah, sweatpants hear, or like gym clothes. I don't understand why you would want to go out and eat in that. I'm, I'm listen, as, yeah. so, as a, someone who... That might also be a knock on the vegetarian community. I, I, but I think it... I think it from it, my own. I think it kind of is. Now, the formality of your restaurant, I think, changes that equation. Yeah. yeah. But I think when, like, oh, I just got done with the workout, I'm going to get a green juice or a bowl of vegetables, which is, like, the thing now, right? Right. Um, so I think I think it might be associated just with the fact that it is a, a healthy-ish sort of concept. It is a healthy-ish concept. But I think it's also... Eating out now is really different than it used to be. When I was a kid, it was like really like exciting, and you'd go out once every two weeks with your parents, and you'd get dressed up, and it was this event. And now, certainly in totally. New York City, um, people do it every night, and so it's no 
no longer sort of like this privilege. People think of it as a right. And they go into restaurants and think of them as pretty disposable. And that's part of the problem with the check average. They don't go and have like appetizers and entrees and desserts and after dinner drinks and, you know, making an event. They come in and have two snacks between three people and that's dinner and they leave. And they don't treat it as something sort of special. Right. And I think going out to eat is still something special. Totally. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm also the, because the, um, we have two kids, so right. I'm also the mom that, like, I don't, I get so mad when I see people bring iPads in for kids oh, at restaurants. I, I like, it, it, <coughs> like, and it, part of it is because we, we have a restaurant background, but I'm like, you're here to be entertained. That's why right. you're at the restaurant. It's for the experience. And, like, your kids are nose down for the entire meal, so what? So you can sit there and be <laughs> on your phone, too? Like, I, oh, my God. It's, I it's, can see it both ways. Of course you can. As a restaurant you're on your phone all No, the time. because as a restaurant tour, <laughs> one, I love seeing families in the restaurant. And if they want to be on their phone or looking at an iPad so that mom no. and dad Teach can enjoy themselves. No. Yeah, and teach have a conversation. To, yeah, have a conversation. Teach them how to be in a restaurant. Look around. Um, it's two verse one here. I'm getting ganged <laughs> up on. Um, yeah, yeah, you're done. But what would, you, what would you what would you just say to do it? Well, no but we're iPad also the, policy? But, but we are the same on on you know like you, you, you used to get dressed up to go on a plane. Like you used to like wear nice clothes, yeah. and now same thing. Like people are in like PJ pants. <laughs> wow. I first of all, you're right, I, and this is good. This is turning into like an intervention for me. Um, I'm the guy now. All of a sudden, I've been flying a lot. I fly a lot, but with shorts on. I know. Do you wear flip flops in the air? I don't wear flip flops. I mean, I wear usually really cool sneakers because I'm like cool hip hop kid from the 90s in New York. But um, I've been wearing shorts a lot lately, and I realize like I might be becoming that guy who's like, dude, just put on some pants. Yeah. Put on, like, I'm starting to wear sweatpants. Like, thank you for this moment, Amanda Cohen, Jasmine Blaze. Um, This is kind of an intervention. Um, You also, Amanda, you said something I thought was just really, really. Amazing! You said that when you change the format of the restaurant and you move to the bigger space, perhaps, that, there's, that um, it was getting too busy and you wanted to slow down a little bit. Yeah, we did. That is a, That's awesome. That's that a kind of goes against most business sort of ideology. Well, again, totally. it's, that, it's that maverick thing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's – Totally but you're like, not saying that because, like, I'm going to say something that's badass. You're like, that I no. feel like is your genuine Yeah, vibe. I mean, I, the, the reality is we couldn't function at 140 people a night coming through the restaurant or 130. And that's it, – it just – everybody's going crazy. And I'd rather do less people and make less money but also have less staff. I mean, be able to control it more. I don't have to be the most – the busiest restaurant in New York City. I just have to not fail. Right. I love, very I love low that. That's really again, this is really good for me. This is really good for me because like it, it is tough. Like you want to fight the let's cook for as many people as we can, but if it is affecting the experience, and more importantly, your own personal happiness or your team's happiness. Yeah, I is, mean, I don't care if any of us are happy. Right? <laughs> I just don't want to close. No, we've had a since we've opened. We have a lot of new competition, so we've had to. Like really big chefs, sort of doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I love that though. Yeah, it's like it's true. Like you were doing it well before anyone yeah, was doing it, and, and then they saw how you know successful I was, and clearly they want to like <laughs> exactly. take away all my success. Um, so we have to figure out a way where I can't compete with them. I'm not. I really am not the new kid on the block, and so we want to be able to give the guests who are coming to us and who will still keep coming to us a really good experience. And to be the most popular restaurant, that's not going to be the experience. I don't have to shove everybody in. I have to give them something that's really memorable that they want to come back to. Yeah. That's actually been good for us. 
Nice. Um, where is so? Where, what's the uh, the growth plan for you? Since you're sort of using some Silicon Valley sort of language <laughs> here, even if you if, even if it's not intentional, like you, this rest, your, your your flagship is te- over ten years old or ten years yeah. old. Uh, like, and I'm, I have to imagine many people are approaching you or have approached you to to grow your brand. Not really, surprisingly. Not okay. as many as <laughs> we're, um, we're going to talk. Uh, um, the I, I don't think I will ever open anything else in New York City. It's incredibly hard city to open a place, and I've now done it twice, and mm. the fact and that I'm still alive. Every uh, every single New York City operator that's, <laughs> that I'm talking with lately is saying the same thing, yeah. how like you just is don't that, know. And I don't know because I'm not a New what York is City it? chef. What, what is it? What makes it? It's rent, everything. labor pool. Everything. Yeah, um, labor, rent, just building costs, like just everything gets you down and like the permits and the city and just the – the competition and what people want, and I don't know what people want to eat in the city anymore. And what uh, you're in Lower East Side, yeah. So like that neighborhood has probably you've probably seen in in the ten years a pretty. Oh, it's like drastically changed, right? So yeah. I don't even know where I'd open another restaurant because that was sort of the last, you know, part of Manhattan that was affordable. I feel like there's always that little thing like there's, there's this little corner of Chinatown, <laughs> yeah. like where where the next thing is. I still always remember someone telling me. <coughs> to buy a restaurant to do a, a project in Dumbo well before Dumbo was even yeah. a thing and I was like Dumbo it's kind of scary <laughs> and like I don't want no under the bridge no I'm not gonna do now it's like you know prime real estate yeah so New York City is, is, is crazy what about Canada well that would be where I would open something so that is that is a real possibility that I will do something at home in Toronto how's Canada with vegetables <laughs> I, I think they like them. I think they're yeah. pretty good. Canada's pretty healthy. Yeah. So yeah. they I like figured. their vegetables. Yeah. And they don't have a dirt candy yet. So, and you know. Toronto See? specifically would be... Um, dirt where candy Toronto. Toronto, yeah. again, for all of our, our, our listeners, amazing, <coughs> outstanding city. Oh, yeah. You loved it. it. I loved yeah, a brief time. I've only spent yeah. a little bit of time in Toronto. But like, I really, really love it. Uh, it's so clean. It's so clean, but sort of like... Like dirty too, and there's all these like hidden edge. pockets, and it's one of my favorite. So things. much diversity in yeah, Toronto. Crazy, the food right? scene is insane, and I felt like it was like a yeah, you know, a next. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble here, but like a next level Chicago almost. Like there's just like this really <laughs> really neat, uh, cool vibe to it. Um, and everybody's really nice. So, are great. you hinting that there is uh, there's going to be a dirt candy <laughs> Toronto happening, or is this just a are you or is this a dream? Or I don't just... think it would be a dirt candy, but I, oh. there's there's a possibility that I will do something in Toronto. They already yeah, know. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Come, come see me. Come see me about it. We we, we we would love to at least know know more about it. Can we be there in the opening? Yes, as soon as I have an opening. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There we go. Um, listen, Amanda Cohen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. You are. How do you? Oh, how do you for tonight for the All Star yeah, Vegetable doing? Classic? Yeah. You're doing uh, what dish are you doing? I'm doing our carrot sliders oh. and our portobello mousse. I once tried a carrot hot dog. I once did a uh, like a hot dog. Yeah, like how was it? It was. I you really I loved them. you yeah. loved them. Oh, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, a carrot can look like a hot dog. There's the visual thing there. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I mean, listen, you yeah, know, you pe- pepperoni spice, like, hot dog uh, yeah, spice hot dog works spice. on everything. <laughs> it was really, it was really good. I mean, you know, I think you, I think we all get in trouble when we start, you know, uh, sometimes the quotations. But there's yeah. only so many words you can use, and there's only so many flavors. So you try to capture them in different ways. Um, we have a broccoli hot dog, the restaurant. Oh, now is it? Uh, is it the so stem? do you make? Is it? Is it? Is making? it a sausage or no? Okay. So many questions. So, this is how <laughs> no, we do so. our. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's get into this. Yeah. So, yes, let's get a broccoli um, hot dog. We take the center stock of the broccoli 
with the florette on top. So it's like really long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we make our own hot dog buns, and then we grill and smoke the hot dog, and then it gets sautéed in broccoli rob oil, and then it has like a South Carolina uh, barbecue yeah. mustard sauce. Yeah. See, like that's, <sighs> that's it. Listen, nice. once the spices and condiments are there, yeah, you don't. Like, act, that's how you convince what's in the bun. Yeah. someone from the <laughs> yeah. whatever, someone from you the south a, to eat a broccoli hot dog, homemade <laughs> bun. Like I was already good to go. Yeah, Just, yeah, y- make yeah. my bread fresh. That's I mean, good. you had me at broccoli stem, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah, an underutilized. Um, uh, it is, and ingredient. it's like then we had the whole stems. But the problem with that, we we used to do it at the Little Dirt Candy, and we had so many florets and. We actually could only have so many dishes on the menu there, which just was space. And we had we would have maybe like five uh, gallons of uh, florets a day, and right. we would have them for family meal. But there was also only four of us, right? right. Well, a lot <laughs> of like it's enough broccoli every wow. day. That's a gassy kitchen. <laughs> it was it was really intense. <laughs> so then we were like, I was like, okay, I we tried to give it away to restaurants in the neighborhood, and they would start taking them, and they'd be like, uh, it's too many. And then I put up an ad on Craigslist. And I was like, you know, we'll sell them to you. And nobody wanted them. And finally, I was like, I'm giving them away for free. This for real is a documentary. And, and yes. people would just so, come yeah. and get, like, like, free broccoli florets. That's, uh, that's Why did you not make a documentary about... Like, honestly, my, one of my dreams is to make a documentary about Craigslist, just in general. Yeah. And, like, that, that you're going to be one of the topics I'm going to come... We, we're going to revisit We're going to launch a separate podcast. <laughs> exactly. Just documenting uh, this experience. Oh gosh, so when you're on amazing. the road like this and you do a... You just came from South Beach, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, you travel a lot because you're a celebrity chef. Um, how do you how do you like roll for tonight? So like my, right now, I have two cooks that are somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in LA. They're in a basement we somewhere hope. in LA making some sort of onion dish, and like I just sort of entrust them to do what they have to do, and I'm just going to show up and hopefully take some pictures. Oh, you're with you a tonight. real celebrity. No, well, I no, I pretend. <laughs> but so how do you like how, how does your team roll when you're like uh, I, I call it my sort of like my away team? How, how does it how does it work for you? Uh, well, I've done a bunch of trips. Every each of my sous chefs guests come with me on a different trip, and then they never want to come again. But yeah. they don't tell the next person that it's really <laughs> right. miserable that that's they good, do most of the work. It, um, so. it, that's such a tr- first <laughs> of all. So that's so true. I he's I did actually that already for, been through all. Of I've been sous through chefs. that for years, <laughs> yeah. and then like I've never been with so many people that missed airplanes. That that was my original right. thing. I was like. You're not you're not late for work. How did you miss an airplane? Um, so you, so it's sort of like part. It's like a benefit. It is a benefit. I tell them it's a benefit. Yes. Um, so right now it's actually my pastry chef is at the kitchen somewhere leading a team of ten interns right. yeah. doing well, everything. Well, that's because you're because you're the real celebrity. They gave you a bunch. No, of No, there's nobody else there. I think a bunch of people have like missed their flights or are doing their prep other places. So there's actually like eighty interns right now that's just awesome. waiting to do. Oh, stuff. awesome! So my so, <laughs> so we're in good we're in a good spot. <laughs> So listen, I'm going to so show up around six thirty tonight. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't travel with the uh, the big coolers and check all those, oh, or do you? Yeah. You okay. We have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Apparently, everybody's always like, "How do you bring this much stuff? And yeah, why yeah. did you already order this many ingredients?" I'm like, oh, <laughs> "It's no. such a hard thing." I mean, this hard, is. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're sort of getting into this because, <laughs> um, you know, people don't realize like there's a couple different ways to do it, right? One is you you send a team, right? Expensive. Right for someone, yeah. <laughs> whether it's the event or yourself, that's expensive. And then you can they can sort of get all the ingredients there. Two is you can have a you can have people you've never met before, uh, right? <coughs> start Scary. doing your yeah. work, Scary. and like sometimes they're great. Sometimes you don't know, and then you're walking into. Like, I've had I've had sometimes some, they're pirates. I mean, yeah. we do we need to do an episode on like the worst the worst events on Miami, uh, uh, Tallahassee. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and then sometimes there's like this hybrid, like we're gonna FedEx some ingredients. Yeah. What are some of? Have you ever had any sort of nightmare uh, travel scenarios? 
No, actually, I think I've been really lucky. Knock on wood. Nice. Everything has usually, I think once I maybe you're organized. Sir, And no, you're Canadian. I am Canadian. I think once maybe one of the ingredients was going slightly off, but we won't talk about that <laughs> yeah. a bit. And everybody, was, everybody was fine, no. right? Well, also, that's great, though, because you're just like uh, introducing fermented broccoli that's hot right. dogs. <laughs> I love when like really cool things sort of like have that little like little bycatch yeah. aspect of it. It's like, oh no, it's fermented onion. Also, they never blame the vegetables. Like it's if everybody true. gets sick, it's totally. always I'm like, oh yeah, Ooh, probably that, oysters. That's probably look that at, pork look belly. at that. That's, that's really good. Yeah, guess who it was? It it, it wasn't the broccoli hot dog. It's not beet popcorn everywhere. Um, that's yeah, definitely not pork. something. Yeah. Um, but we should we should do an episode like that because I've had horror stories where there's clam juice leaking out oh. of the you know the the the, the, the Suitcase delivery uh, wheel. What is that called? What is that called? Uh, it's just been really, really bad. So I've had FedEx deliveries not show up. We've spent way too much money. Well, we've... I know. It's just, I was already like, the first thing I texted my pastry chef, I was like, okay, find the buns, find the buns. And she was like, I can't right. find the That's buns. That's it. That's yeah, the funny exactly. thing, right? It's like, I don't know. I'm supposed to find Kevin. Who is Kevin? <laughs> right? And, there's always, and then you're like, there's always these people who are throwing these events. Yeah. You don't know who they are. No, they all look alike. And, and you're searching for, for Kevin, <laughs> and no. Kevin knows where the FedEx box is, but FedEx doesn't know where it's, it, it can get to be really really tough uh, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you tonight Good. and literally that I, I did hear that tonight we get to just kind of hang out Good. and it's like a Sounds really fun. cool kitchen stadium are you doing any other events this week or no we flew in yesterday and we hopefully fly out tomorrow yeah you guys got snow though yeah. right oh yeah so you're not yeah, going extend anywhere extend your trip like, <laughs> I mean it's supposed to be like isn't this the isn't it another bomb cyclone nor'easter yeah. yeah like your third one or something crazy I know like but that. I just went I I haven't had this crazy travel schedule and so I was just in Toronto right before this um, and that all my flights got screwed up from coming back from Toronto to New York and I was like I can't go through this again yeah oh my gosh it's not fun but it's gonna be like 72 here today so <laughs> that's true Doesn't well you can fun. hang out for uh, <laughs> hang out uh, in Southern California as long as you want yeah, uh, you thanks. have plenty of friends that love to cook I have to, to go to food. the Maple Leaf Ball on Friday night I've got to get back to <gasps> not, New York what City is that? What, what is the Maple Leaf Ball it's exactly it's the Canadian you, Ball in New York City are you wow. serious yeah here we're order, uh, honoring Gordon Lightfoot. It's very oh my exciting. Gosh. Wow, that's kind of, that is insane. Now <laughs> you may not know uh, Blaise, which is it's the way we pronounce it, but it's really Blaise. Is French Canadian? Yes. Yes. Um, from your rival, I guess Montreal. Quebec. Yeah, yeah, Quebec, Montreal. Yeah. Uh, it's it's basically Smith in the Montreal <laughs> phone book. So it's a very very popular name. And I, when we have Canadians or French people in my restaurant, they're always like Richard Blaise, and I'm like, no, no, it's Blaise, and like <laughs> I don't really know Just anyone, and like I also am an adopted, so I like I'm not I'm not. Canadian or, or really French at all. But what are we, like 4% French? We've done the DNA test. But we're very, we Canadians love everybody. This is true. So, this is true. Full on Canadian. Are you, uh, yeah, what's the passport situation right now in Canada? We should figure out. Um, <laughs> well, I already I already did look it up. The, you know, like, can we get dual citizenship with your last name? No. Yeah, no, the, you, the, no. the name doesn't count. Yeah. Like, you have to actually have a family member probably that lives yeah. here. Uh, Amanda Cohen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. At near the end of the podcast, we always like to play a couple games. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a world premiere but a very uh, I think simple and elegant game perfect for you okay uh, we're gonna play a little bit of word association and I think because you're so fun and your sense of authorship is just tremendous that this is gonna be a good one yes um, so uh, a word or sentence or so but we're gonna do word association Amanda Cohen are you ready I guess so <laughs> <laughs> there we go okay uh, we're gonna start right here the first word is going to be Justin Trudeau hottie <laughs> hottie there we go <laughs> The next, the, <laughs> the next word is going to be Justin Bieber. Naughty. <laughs> are they all going to rhyme? That's how talented you are. That's amazing. Yeah. 
uh, and maybe uh, you, you, okay. The next one is going to be Maple Leafs, the hockey team. I wanted to, to specify. Uh, awesome. awesome. Best team ever. <laughs> Obviously, you see kind of where we're going with this word association. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next word is Canada. Home. Oh, that's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of that? Um, did you watch the, the, the women's U.S. Uh, and Canadian hockey? Olympic I didn't match? watch it, but I heard all about it. And I'm I saw sure. it. We have many uh, close Canadian friends yeah. that were... Like, devastated? De- yeah. Devastated. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's like yeah. no... In Canada, like, that's no joke. It's joke. No jo- and they're also yeah. hockey... Like, they're a hockey family, and, like, their kids play hockey, and, like, they coach their team. And it was weird, because, like, I'm just, like, sending, like, a little joke, you know? Like, <laughs> like hey, it, you've it won four anything. Olympics in a row. It didn't yeah. mean anything to you. It shouldn't be a yeah. big deal to you. Like, okay, the Yankees don't win the World Series. Who cares? They were really serious about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no. I mean, hockey is, you know, like, the national religion. It is, although it's not the national sport of Canada. I'm a lacrosse guy. It's lacrosse. That is true. Which like it's kind of like it's my but my nobody my, goes my, to like big lacrosse games. Yeah. I, we should, but it's happening. We're, we're, someone <laughs> slipped it up somehow. I feel like someone made that mistake. I don't. It should be hockey, but it's always that's a nice little trivia, a little uh, Canadian trivia question. Okay, here we go. Next word association: Lower East Side. Ten years ago. Oh, um, <laughs> that's tough. Scanning the brain for things that <laughs> yeah. I I should say. Um, quieter. Quieter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you the politically correct answer on that one. Okay, next one is Lower East Side currently. Uh, getting over gentrified. Oh, uh, over gentrified. So yeah. is there is an artisanal mayonnaise shop on the corner yet? Is there? No, not yet. But I do, I, I do worry, and I'm like the asshole who moved in, so it gets tricky. Um, but I don't want to see it lose its you know inherent Lower East Sideness, and all the a lot of the tiny stores are already disappearing. So. Right, like there has to be a bodega that serves like um, uh, egg on a roll. Egg yeah. Egg. I mean, if it doesn't, then like it's not. It, it yeah. is losing some of it, its, it's soul. It's right? Like all the like there used to be all those old like lingerie and bra shops totally. and they yeah. don't exist with the you know it was always uncomfortable but it was cheap um, how, so now have there been have there been a lot of like specific for you has a lot of competition like are there a lot of like juice shops and grain bowl places and uh, popping up around dirt candy uh, not so much around Dirt Candy, because I'm actually a little bit more in uh, Chinatown okay. in the Lower East Side. I guess you would that would be where the line would be, but uh, they are a lot of juice shops. I worry. I worry about like juicing and how many vegetables you want. Like, is there enough vegetables in the world? And are there mm. enough nuts for nut milk? Oh. I think about that a lot. Oh, my God. First well, of all. Well, the commercially that's... produced stuff only has like one or two almonds in it, I think, right? That's true. You just so. got me a whole giant box of Bitto honeys. <laughs> <I did. laughs> you did. This is a true story. For some reason, I've been you driving like, a lot. You like I really like them. They're not too sweet. It was your birthday. But there's almonds in them. But when you're left with a little bit of the almond, it's literally like a grain of almond. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not a lot of almonds. Not in a lot of almonds. Yeah. Um, I prefer the almond extract. Anyway, it's one of the flavors I prefer the extract over the actual ingredient. Really? Do you have any of those? Like, you mentioned corn and peas. Yeah. Which are almost superior frozen than to, like, fresh corn and peas. I mean, I, you could argue that pretty yeah. easily. Um, you don't You don't have any of those. Well, I'm sort of disgusted like, by the almond oil versus almond soy. Right. <laughs> That's that. okay. Like, I love banana extract is another one. Like, it's too, super synthetic. Uh, totally different, though. Yeah. True. I feel like totally. there's banana not, and banana yeah. extract. It's right. like truffle and truffle oil. That's totally a good point. different. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, next word association, tasting menus. Um, good. I, I know that's not that's a bad uh, thing. Um, it's very Canadian. <laughs> you could have said nice. <laughs> uh, I think it's an excellent option. 
Nice. And well, yeah, I mean, also your restaurant has tasting menus. It is, menus. but I actually like doing tasting menus. I think yeah. it's a really nice. It's, that, I'm it curious, has it, has there, you know, you had fatigue with the, uh, like doing two sets of menus. I've been in a place before where I get tasting menu fatigue. Yeah. Where it becomes just like, oh, like it's, 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 it's tough to sort of create like the album, if you will. Right. Because that's what a tasting menu has to be. Um, but more, I think it's like mental fatigue. No, for us, for me, it's actually, I love it because we can do really ridiculous things and they can be two bites and that's like fun. You know, we have a this uh, a peaking pea dish where you grill the pea on, on a tiny little binchotan grill. Oh, nice. I saw that. I saw a picture of that. Yeah, and it's only four peas. Right. Like, I couldn't serve that in the regular one, but so to be able to do something yeah, that I would serve in, in my dollhouse is awesome. Yeah, I kind of love that. <laughs> I've always been obsessed with, uh, and you might have done it, um, with uh, broccoli leaves, the leaves oh, that are on the stem of broccoli. Yeah. And I've always wanted to do like a salad. And then like once I start collecting broccoli <laughs> leaves, maybe it would work for you. Yeah, totally. But I was like, I, I have enough for two salads. Right. What am I going to do with this? You could only maybe do it on some like really crazy tasting menu. Okay, next one. Little Dirt Candy. Not my MC name, my new MC name, but your 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 original, original restaurant, memories, the OG memories. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Eighteen seats, eighteen seats, and um, I still have a couple of people who were at Little Dirt Candy who work for me now. And every once in a while, when we're like, oh, there's so so much staff and so many people, we all sort of go into the little <laughs> corner and reminisce. Did you take anything from the original? Like, did you like save a seat cover or something? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, old, what what is the old Toronto Gardens? Where did where did like when before they changed? I'm sure people like took. Seats home seats, and, yeah. and no, I there was like a, a hole in the wall. I'm so right. happy to be out of there. <laughs> We're out of here. Uh, James Beard Foundation. This one I expect a pretty politically correct answer here for now. For yeah, now. for Until now. After Come May. back yeah. uh, in May. Uh, in late May. Progress. There you go. Progress. Actually, we've had a lot of issues over the years, but I have to say their nominations this year, not because it included me. Right. Uh, I was really uh, surprised by, and mm. I think they went out of their way to change the definition of what they think uh, great food is. Yeah, I think that's great too because there is, and again, I don't have a connection to the James Beer Foundation except every once in a while they let me give out awards. <laughs> um, and uh, But I feel like it, it usually was one of those things where like if you get nominated, then you're just on the list until you win. Right. And then it's like, what? That, which is great, I think, for yeah. like someone who gets on the list. Then you're like, hey, within four years, don't worry, I'm going to win one of these. <laughs> but you can see the same name sometimes, even you if maybe the same, work. Especially in New York, over and over again mm-hmm. until somebody wins. But this year they really went out of their way and um, I mean I'm so happy to be critical of everybody uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that they I can't by the way hard. no one's reached, usually it doesn't come until uh, a couple weeks but no one's asked us to present this year I hope I did a good job last year <laughs> sorry this is me now like thought bubble like I hope yeah. they ask me back I, I, I had a salt bay joke real quick we, we salt bay your thoughts on salt bay yeah yeah um I just, it, I mean, it just, I don't. What I, what happens to the? My actual thought is, what happens to his other restaurants? Like right now, he's in New York doing his salt yeah, thing, but yeah. he has his one in Miami and everywhere. And who's salting the food there? Um, our listeners are going to know. Our, our yeah. listeners are going to know exactly what I'm about to say right now. But yeah. I have a conspiracy theory on this. Uh, since you're into conspiracy theory yeah, totally, podcasts, totally. not that Watergate was a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. uh, really? Um, right, Did we exa- land on the moon? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, there's more than one salt bay. You think so? <gasps> uh. Why not? It's a. I mean, b- as long as he doesn't have to pull up his shirt because he's ripped, his abs yeah. are ripped. I think there could be more than and one. And he does salt wear bay. the sunglasses, right? Yeah. The this sunglasses. is what I'm saying. A deep V, pony. a ponytail. Yeah. Like, this is a look that you could kind of get with the sunglasses. Totally. It could really work. So that's a theory that I we we need to bring him in. He's gonna come in here and fight. He's you. gonna. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna fight me. He's gonna kick my ass. Right. I mean, yeah, it's not much I, of a that's fight. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Here we go. Continuing on. Uh, 
Korean fried broccoli. Uh, my bread and butter. <laughs> how many? How many sold? If you had to do the McDonald's like, oh. right? Like I, we have a we have a beef tartare that we just realized. I have a, a juniper and Ivy just turned four years old, and we realized that we have one dish that we've sold fifty thousand times, mm. which uh, is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know, over a million. I yeah. feel like wow. <laughs> yeah. almost every table gets it. Has it gone? Like, is it there? Is, is there? A, has there? Is there a nuance to it? Like, has it evolved? Like, you know how certain dishes, even though it's the same dish, one little tweak or no, it's no. the exact same. <laughs> I mean, it's, and if people, sometimes people you come in and be like, it's reason. too salty or it's too sweet. And we're like, actually, it's five things from a different jars. Like, so it's the exact same as it yeah. always is. Like, it doesn't change. Nice. There you go. Uh, Brussels sprout tacos. Uh, burns. Nice. <laughs> uh, every, the, the, the. The Brussels sprout tacos come on this lava stone that gets heated up on the grill. Right. And as soon as we put it down, we're like, okay, we have one rule. Don't touch the stone. Everybody's like, <laughs> they put their finger it? on it do right you, away. Okay, this is like a super, I do this. But when you're in like a restaurant that might not be like, you know, your caliber of restaurant, you know, and maybe you're traveling through an airport and then the server puts something down. They're like, don't touch the plate. Right? <laughs> it's so hot. And then like, I feel like as cooks, you're like, I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you do get burned. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm, that's a great answer. I was not expecting that one. Uh, jalapeno hush puppies, French. These are the these are the hits, right? These, yeah, these, these are, are the, the hits. hits. Um, so we used to have them on the regular menu, and now we've they're just on brunch, and everybody's really sad. By the way, I but I kind of love that that was your thing. Like, hey, we're going to do this tasty menu. But all the things you love are going to be available at brunch. Right. Because I need more people to come to brunch. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was like so smart. Yeah. I'm glad you just revealed that because I'm like, that is genius. <laughs> you know what? You shouldn't be like, these, all of these great things are only going to be available at Monday lunch. <laughs> <laughs> at 2 a.m. in the morning, this is where you eat. Right, come get as much Korean fried broccoli as you want. There you go. Uh, popcorn beets continuing down the road, right? Is that is that 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 is a... Uh, that that's evolution. So okay. we mm. no longer have popcorn beets. We okay. have our popcorn celeriac. Oh, I know because nice. we have a celeriac po' boy, and nice. so that got switched into that. And nice. you didn't call it celery root too. Like there's a no. certain elegance to celeriac. Yeah, right. It, celery root just sounds awful, right. it, and it's, it's like a cro- like it's almost like the cellar and the root. So. Oh, you know one of my favorite things I've ever done with celery root and uh, was celery root juice and uh, cider. Ooh, but how, oh, it's like hard to get like, a lot of like juice out of cider? You can buy it. Oh, yeah. This was a Whole Foods. Like really? they just they have celery root juice at a Whole Foods. It's eighteen dollars for four. Yeah, probably exactly. <laughs> no, but Bezos has got it down now. It's less money now. And uh, but celery root and cider, like a really nice. Um, I don't really drink, so like a little little. There's a, there's a, a cleanse that, that um, suggests that you start each day with a full head of celery juiced. Oh wow. Start you well, start your day off. I can like see that. that, and then you get all your like natural uh, salinity? salinity out of yeah. it. Actually. I'm yeah. big. Fan. I think chefs loves. I think celery. <laughs> we need to make celery more of a thing. Obviously, you are with the celery act. Yeah, like uh, celery needs to be a thing. Like, you know what's hot right now here, and a couple chefs are disagreeing with me, but it's hot right now. Cauliflower, uh, so hot right now. That, which I mean, like, uh, yeah. you've been doing it's it for almost, it's almost jumped years. the shark at this point because I, I just saw. I just like, also think cauliflower. 
Like, yeah. it's just a big mound of white. Yeah, it's just a big, it's, <laughs> and it's just like, listen, these cruciferous vegetables, which is on someone's menu as well, they're just farts. They're just way, they're just, they're just stinky vegetables. Well, but now they're you delicious. Can, now you can buy it like mashed and riced already. Like, it, uh, all of this stuff ma- is like, it's crazy. I love the rice. You were, you were giving this stuff away. Pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> that was mo- Is that a moment where you're holding like a bag of like, 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 like cauliflower rice? And you're like, ah! <laughs> Ten years ago. Uh, last one, just because we're here in L.A. today with you. Your thoughts on your, your word association with Los Angeles. Uh, traffic. Oh, traffic. Gosh, gosh, you're telling me. It doesn't even like – it is so true. We drive – so We, drive we just up had a massive from, fight on the way up not here. Not really. <laughs> we just had our normal traffic fight. It, it, we drive up from San Diego and it's like we, everything's great. Smooth sailing until you hit like – what LA, it? but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's not only it's like just Long the drive Beach. from yeah. San Diego. Like we're here all the time. It's a drive cross town. It's it's a four mile drive that is an it's, hour. It's, yeah, long. it's, it's perplexing. It's, perplexing. it's not like in and New York when you're in a car, you're like, oh, I'll just get out and run. Right. But in LA, you're like, but I'm so far away. Right. Yeah. What, so as a runner, that's what I love about New York. Like <laughs> at worst, it's four miles away. Right. At worst, right. from the Natural Museum like history to the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> it's four miles. Yeah. You can do it on foot uh, kind of amazing so we're getting really worked up about that uh, last thing we like to do <laughs> Chef Amanda Cohen of Dirt Candy uh, tonight we're cooking at the All Star Vegetable Classic is that what, that's what it's called All Star Chef Classic we're doing a vegetable dinner naturally um, we do this thing called 86 it's 86 one thing in your world or it could be just the world <laughs> that you want to 86 and get rid of hype Hype! I should stop doing that so Heather can actually insert the air horn. Uh, I think we need to expand a touch yeah, that, on this one. That needs an, a yeah, sentence. Need, this needs a sentence if you got one. Uh, I think that hype is really hurting the restaurant world, and I'm sure it's always existed. But from when I opened until now, ten years later, it is. Uh, it's preposterous, and you know the new rest, newest restaurants open up. Everybody flock to it. It's never as good as people say it's going to be, or whatever they say. They Instagram it, and then that restaurant is done, and people don't get a chance. It's really hard. Mm. I remember when we opened the bigger restaurant, and there was so much hype because people could finally get in, and um, all of a sudden we were like, there was just this crowd of people who were just running in to take pictures, right. and then they were like running out and. Uh, they were like, well, it's not as good as we thought it was. And we were like, well, yeah, of course not. You sat for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't know what you want from us. It's just food. Right. It's just, all, all I do is make food. It's not worthy of any hype. Right. I love that. First of all, that that's was my a- podcast title. Remember? <laughs> What's that? I just say yesterday. It's just food was my second oh. podcast title that <laughs> nice. I was like, that should be our next podcast. So well said, Amanda Cohen. Really, truly. I mean, we, we sometimes also just think, like, need to check yourself. Like, what, why, why are you doing something? You said you're doing it for, for the Instagram picture. Yeah. Well, um, it's like uh, Salt Bay can kind of. Yeah, that. and what you were saying earlier, how you don't know what what New York diners want anymore, and like, I agree. I went to a museum of ice cream. It was neither a museum <laughs> nor oh, was there a lot of ice cream. But it was fun. It was a glorified Instagram photo shoot. It was right. fun. The gr- uh, kids loved it. Right. But I was like, what? Is <laughs> I was thought there would be here. ice cream at the ice cream. I, I, I'm just saying, I dropped enough. you off at that. You, you had a bunch of really cool Instagram stories. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> From it. So let, let's also, sometimes the hype can be fun. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Cohen of Dirt Candy, thank you so much. Will you come back and uh, hang out with us again? Sure. Because we, we also, um, I, I'll just grab you in New York. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we'll do something from inside the restaurant, okay. or, and we can hear the the uh, the peeling of and, and <laughs> all of those all, vegetables all screaming those vegetables. as they die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Or yeah, we'll get Seth Rogen. We'll do a. Well, uh, uh, did he have a vegetable? It wasn't like vegetables. A, it wasn't it was vegetables. a hot dog movie. Uh, yeah. Was it just hot dogs? I feel like there were vegetables. It was in called it. Sausage Party. <laughs> it was called. It was called Sausage Party. So I don't know why we would have Seth Rogen, <laughs> except that he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would have him. Yeah, That's we'll do it. Uh, see, I've invited you to that. Really, that'll be our most important episode ever. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Starving for Attention with Amanda Cohen. Jasmine Blaze is here. I'm Richard Blaze. Do us a favor. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and do something. It's free. Hit subscribe. It changes these things like algorithm and it gives us hype, which we really, really, really need. Um, also, find us on Instagram at Starving for the number four pod. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, and until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Wow, uh, Jasmine, that was a lot of fun. Amanda Cohen, one of my favorite episodes. Great. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and thank you to our sponsors who make this possible. Uh, Nectar Sleep, welcome to the show. Get $125 off and two free pillows with any mattress, nectarsleep.com slash starving. And, of course, Walt Disney World. Plan your next magical trip today. We already started planning ours. And, of course, where would we be without True Car? Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Thanks again, everyone. And until next week, stay hungry.